Will you pray with me, please? Most Holy Father, we humbly approach your throne of grace and mercy. Father, we do need to love you more and more each day. Father, we thank you for all the blessings you so generously give us. Father, these are troubled times, yet we are blessed. We still live in this great nation that allows us to assemble to worship you unencumbered. We pray, Father, that that will always be. And Father, because of the times that we're experiencing right now, it is difficult for us to get together to enjoy the fellowship that bolsters us and helps keep us strong. And we pray, Father, that you will provide strength for us in the absence of that fellowship. And Father, among us, there are many who are sick, who have frailties, who are suffering some from this unfortunate virus. And Father, we pray that you will watch over them with your kind, loving hand as only you can. And that, Father, if there are ways that we can minister to them to help them, that you will help us to do that and show us the need. Father, we are so thankful that you sent your son to this earth. Father, without that, we have no opportunity to spend eternity with you. So we are eternally grateful. And Father, we pray that you will appreciate the love that we have and help us to grow that love. Father, we ask you to watch over us in all we do in our worship service this morning. We pray, Father, that this service will be pleasing to you. We pray, Father, that we will worship in a thoughtful and mindful manner. Father, we ask you to watch over this great nation. Father, we have members from this congregation who serve in the military, and Father, we ask you to watch over not just them, but all in the military, Father, and keep them safe and keep them from harm. And Father, we also pray for the families of those serving in the military because they also pay a price as their family members are away. Be with us, help us to participate in this worship service. Father, help us to enjoy the time we have together this morning. This we ask in Jesus' most holy name, amen. Our next song will prepare our minds for the observance of the Lord's Supper.
At this time, we uh, take the Lord's Supper, but there are some things we need to remember because Christ asked us to, that he willingly went to the cross for us, that he cared for all his disciples, all his children, and that he said, do this in remembrance of me. So at this time, we're going to take the bread, and we're going to pray over it. If I can get my... Jesus took the bread and broke it and blessed it and then passed it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. After that, he took the cup, he blessed it, and he said, this is my blood shed for many. Do this in remembrance of me. Our song before the lesson will be, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less. Shall we stand if it's convenient? My hope is built on nothing less. Okay, so this morning we're going to take a little bit of a break from the series that we've been doing on The Lord is Faithful. Um, there's been uh, some things that uh, I've been working through in my life um, that have kind of come to a head in me, and I want to share them with you, so I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that this is not a typical uh, sermon that you're used to hearing from me, um, because a lot of this is just uh, stuff that's been on my heart, on my mind, um, and it's not really the funnest stuff to talk about. In fact, I think it's going to be a little bit tough 
this morning. It's not something that's going to make everybody, I'm not going to become the most popular person over things I'm going to say this morning. So, with that being said, uh, I want to start out with a prayer. So let's pray. Father God, we come before you, Lord. Um, God, we're just grateful for who you are. We're grateful for your love, your compassion, your mercy, your grace, your forgiveness. Lord, none of us are perfect. None of us know everything. Father, but we rely on you and your word to, to get us to where we're supposed to go. And Father, I just pray that, um, Father, as I share my heart, Father, that you oversee it. Father, I pray that you keep me on track, you keep my mind sharp, and my words honest. Father, I pray that we all uh, live a life that glorifies you. And shares the good news of your son's life with those that we come in contact with. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So a few weeks ago, we were in the time of Noah. Remember that? And depending on which sermon you came to, whether it was um, the first or the second, you know, the truth is, if you ever go back and you look, I'm not telling you to do that unless you're a glutton for punishment. Um, you'll find that my two sermons are never exactly the same. That's just not who I am. I don't monologue. I don't read from a piece of paper. I try to give it to you straight from my heart, straight from my mind every Sunday. Something slipped out a few weeks ago during that sermon where I said, if we're not careful... There's going to be a shift in our country, and God's going to be a lot less popular. Before we get into that, I want to explain to you that the things that I want to talk about are things that I've personally been holding back, because I respect the platform that I am given, I respect the differences of our opinions. And I don't want to be somebody that makes you feel like you either agree with the preacher or you don't. Like, like you either agree with them so you're right or you don't so you're wrong. We're allowed to have diversity in opinion and thought. But that also means that at times I should be able to share mine. At times maybe God expects me to share mine. So let me get into these scriptures real quick because Matthew 12 is a scripture I take very seriously, and it's a scripture I think we all should take seriously, but as a speaker, it's something I take very seriously. It says this, Jesus says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. James 3.1 gives a warning that we are taught over and over and over in Bible, in Bible school as we're studying to become ministers. You know, the ministry at times from the outside looking in can seem like kind of a cushy job. I'm not going to deny that fact. In some ways, it's actually a very cushy job. But you know, at the end of the day, in the day of judgment, those of us who took this stand, Scripture says in James 3, will actually be judged stricter. 
we're going to have more to answer for. Because we're going to have to answer for what we've said, what we've taught. And you know what? Lately, I've also been feeling like we're going to have to answer for the things we didn't say. Second Timothy chapter 4 says this. This is Paul writing to Timothy. It says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Look, what that scripture is saying in this time is there are times of sowing and there are times of harvest, right? There are times where you can see the results of the things you say and there are times where you won't, right? There are times where what you say is going to be really popular and there are going to be times where what you say is not going to be popular. Guess what Paul's saying to Timothy? Preach the word regardless. Preach it. So that's what I'm doing. And I know that it's not going to be, like I said, it's, this is not stuff that's going to make everybody think Matt's the greatest and I love him. Not everybody's going to agree. Some people are going to have that exact experience. But look at verse 3, because isn't this exactly where we're at in so many ways? For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. They won't endure it. They won't want to hear it. They won't stick in the room long enough to hear sound teaching. They're not going to hear it. They're going to turn it off. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. They're going to find people who are going to have the wisdom, have the platform to change the way things are taught, to fit the way they believe things should be taught. Okay? And will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. And this might be tipping my hand a little bit. Romans 13, I want to say that I respect authority. I want to say that no matter what, how you feel about the governments in the world, and I'm telling you, there's part of this scripture that's very difficult to understand. The, the, when people rise into power and they do really bad things to the people they oversee, it's really hard to justify this scripture to people, right? Well, let's talk about it from the other way. Right? The countries, the governments, the authorities that are on this earth right now, you know what this scripture is saying? They might not always act in the interests of God. They might not always act in the will of God, but they were put there by the will of God. And Paul says that we should listen to the authorities in charge of us. And this is where I'll say, I know, this is where it gets tough, right? Because you're taught two things in life, right? There's two things you're not supposed to talk to anybody about, right? The first one is religion. What's the second? Paul, well, I'm doing both today. So somebody's going to leave Matt. Okay? Somebody's going to leave Matt because we're talking religion and politics today. That's what we're doing a little bit. Okay? So first again, I want to just say, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. That's what the scripture's saying. And it says, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Okay? 
So, three months ago, there was an anchor on CNN. He's actually a very popular anchor to a lot of people. His name's Don Lemon. Don Lemon was having a discussion with Chris Cuomo about how we have to change the way we think to actually make proper progress moving forward as a culture, okay? And it's the fear, it's the fear that keeps us from changing the way we think to move forward as a society. Now that sounds pretty good. But what he said right after that, and I'm t I wanted to do a video montage and just put it up there, but because we live stream and things like that, I'm pretty sure we'd get a copyright strike. Okay? So that's why I didn't do it. So go look this stuff up. I am telling you it's there. It's easy to find if you don't believe me. But the very next thing he said when he's talking about this, he's talking about this propaganda that we've been fed through the years to control us. Do you know what that propaganda he was talking about was? Do you know what the next thing he said was? He said, for those of you who believe in Jesus, he said, admittedly, Jesus wasn't perfect. That's what he said three months ago. I want to do a whole sermon on this three months ago. Had to fight it back. Wasn't time yet. Okay? So now, let's fast forward to this week. Does anybody like me decide they uh, are interested in what's going on with the protests and so Anybody else ever watch the live streams? There's lots of live streams. You can watch them anytime you want. I watch them. I usually go to bed to them every night. Ask my wife. That's what I go to sleep to. Because I want to know what's going on. I want to be informed. I feel like this is an extremely important stage that God has given me to talk to the kingdom, okay? And I want to be informed. I don't want to be ignorant when I talk to you. You know, the other day in Charlotte, Black Lives Matter. Now, let me just go ahead and say this. Do Black Lives Matter? Of course Black Lives Matter, but in the kingdom, all lives matter. That's just the truth, okay? God has united all of us. There's not a country you have to belong to to be in the kingdom. There's not a race you have to belong to to be in the kingdom. There's just the human race in the kingdom of God, okay? So all lives matter in the kingdom of God. Let's just get that out of the way. That's not to say black lives don't matter. All lives matter. But I was watching the protest in Charlotte. Go look this up if you don't believe me. I was watching the protest in Charlotte, North Carolina this week. And they were walking down the road chanting. You ready? This is what they were chanting. They were chanting, F your Jesus. They were chanting that this week in Charlotte, North Carolina. So am I supposed to be silent? Let's talk about something else that happened this week. Probably not the most popular thing to talk about, but let's talk about it. Let's talk about Amy Coney Barrett. Let's talk about her for a minute, right? So there's people that are upset. They say, oh, you know, the, the Republicans, they're pushing this person on to the Supreme Court, and it's wrong. Well, let's be honest. Over half, over half of the presidents in the United States have been in this exact situation where they're in an election year, and guess what? Over half of them have done almost 100% of the time. They've put somebody in for the Supreme Court. That's what's happened, okay? The only reason why there's a, somebody upset right now is because 
Under Obama, in his last year, he tried to do the same thing. The problem was, he didn't own the Senate. That's just the reality. So the Senate confirms the judge, okay? Didn't own the Senate, couldn't confirm the judge, waited till the next election. That's the way our politics is set up. So did you watch any of the questioning of Amy Coney Barrett? If you did, you would have noticed something very obvious. You know what her biggest liability was? To the, yeah, she was a Christian. That was her biggest liability. If you watched it, there was no question. By the way, there's a hot mic of one of the senators. I won't name her name. She's pretty important, minority leader. And she's literally saying that. I think she's a little bit too Christian for this. I think her beliefs are going to lead her to places we won't want her to go. Okay? These are the realities that we deal with. I want to go a little bit further. And I know this is going to be where it's a lot less popular. But I want to go a little bit further. You know, 30 years ago, I would say the majority of the church was extremely pro-life. And I would say that has changed a little bit, right? We've come to the understanding that there is a little bit of gray in that scary word to Christians known as abortion, right? There's a little bit of gray in that. You certainly can't just hit that topic with a broad stroke and expect everybody just to fall in line. I get it. So I don't want to talk about it specifically as much as I want to talk about the things that are being discussed about it right now. Okay? It's not really the, the, the process that's the problem as much as where do you draw the line and when does this become a problem? Now, I'll admit, again, I'm talking about some of the most radical views from one side of the argument. But there are people in power, in positions of real power in our country that are talking about a woman giving birth to a child. Giving birth. And we're going to put that baby over here on the side and we're going to make it comfortable. And then we're going to talk to the mom about what we want to do with the baby. That's not abortion. That's murder. One more. One more. And then we'll move on. Let's talk about gender for just a second. You know, my conservative belief system makes it very clear in the Bible, God made man and woman. But let's, let's, say there's some, let's say there's some debate on that, just for argument's sake. Do you realize right now that they're talking about giving a child at the age of eight years old the ability to physically change themselves? Eight years old. Was anybody at eight years old mature enough to make decisions like that in their life? Does anybody with a rational mind think that's a great time for an eight-year-old to decide that they want to be something different than they were born? 
And some of you might be thinking, Matt, why are you discussing this? This doesn't really have anything to do with me. Actually, it does in many ways. I'll give you two ways specifically it has to do with you. Because we are all getting ready to vote. It's just the truth. We're three weeks away. And I know everybody's already got an opinion, right? Most people already know the way they're going to vote. Okay? But as a man of God, at times I have to stand up here and I have to tell you how I feel. Because truth be told, it eats me up to be silent about certain things at certain times because I don't want to offend everybody in church, okay? And it's been coming to a head for me. So one, you can vote. And I'm going to tell you right now, for me personally, I'm going to vote the way that takes us closer to God rather than the way that leads us further away from God's law. I'm going to vote that way. You can do that if you want. But two, if you sit by and you say, none of this really matters to me, none of this pertains to me, I'm going to tell you something else. In your taxes right now, do you know a percentage of your taxes go to Planned Parenthood? Did you know that? Did you know a percentage of your taxes go to uh, kids being allowed to buy gender-changing medicines? So you do actually have a part in this. So like I said, we can agree to disagree about certain things, and if you disagree with me, that's fine. Thank you for listening to me. But I can't be a man of God that stands up here and says that I speak with integrity and hide my true feelings about what's going on in our world. Because 2 Corinthians 10 says that it's my job, it's all of our job actually, right? To destroy these arguments that don't come from God. To destroy these arguments that take us away from God. Let me throw two more things in there real quick. They're trying to get God out of the Pledge of Allegiance? They're trying to take in God we trust off the dollar? These are big things. Right? And here's the other thing I want to share real quick. You know, you can look at the past and see where we are at presently, and you can see a trend that we are on. And quite honestly, 30 years ago, it wasn't near as scary as it is now. And the trend is going up, not down. It's time to reverse that trend. Because the church has been silent for too long, and it's time for us to stand up and speak out. So, I'm going to finish by just saying to Don Lemon. I got some scriptures for you. When you tell me that Jesus isn't perfect, I got some scriptures for you. The first one's 1 Peter chapter 2. says he committed no sin, talking about Jesus, neither was there deceit found in his mouth. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God. And you know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. Why is that important? Because that one little statement where you say, as a Christian, where you concede that Jesus admittedly wasn't perfect, you have destroyed the Bible. Do you realize that? You have destroyed it. There is no saving us from sin without a perfect, unblemished, Spotless sacrifice. That is heresy. 
And it's coming from somebody who doesn't believe in God and thinks the only way we're going to improve as a culture is if we leave these silly notions of God behind. That's the truth. That's part of what we are talking about in our culture right now. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. You can look at the past, take the present, and start to see where we're going in the future. Look, the bottom line is, our country is important, but the kingdom of God is the most important thing in this world. And we can disagree about certain things in life, but we need to be united as a kingdom against the fight, against the evil, against sinfulness. So I say this to you. When you have the opportunities to speak, to your family, to your loved ones, to your friends, to your neighbors. Speak. You know, we are the nicest people on the earth, which is why when everybody else says stuff we disagree with, you know what we do? We just let them say it. We usually don't speak up. We're nice, we're gracious, we're merciful, we're forgiving. That's fine, we should be that. But we also need to stand up for Jesus because he's under attack. He's under attack in our culture today. So have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you been washed in the blood of Christ? Remember, if it's not perfect, it doesn't work. Jesus is the only way to eternal life. There is no other name that can save under the sun. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you been washed in his blood, received the gift of the Holy Spirit, been added to the kingdom of God? And for those of us who have, Listen, my prayer for you today is that in these next few weeks especially, that you are bold. Not ridiculous, okay? Not ridiculous. There's a reason I don't have social media. I've heard about some of y'all on social media. Not ridiculous. Bold. There's a big difference. Okay? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? For those of us who have, stand up, speak up, Defend your beliefs because they're under attack. And if we sit back silently before long, you won't have anything to defend in our culture. If there's a need to respond to the invitation, you can come as together we stand and sing.
Thank you, Matt. In our society, the, uh, the difference between light and dark is becoming more and more stark. And um, certainly keep in mind the decisions you make. We have choices every day. Uh, we have a choice coming up, but we have choices every day. And the choice should be mindful of what would God want me to do? Where, do, where does God want me to go? Um, if you didn't pick up a bulletin, please get one. There's a lot of information in there. I'm going to touch on several points um, that we have in there. Karen Pennington had an accident last night. She's pretty banged up. Uh, her Tahoe got totaled, uh, so keep her in your prayers. Arthur Nobles, his hemoglobin is better. It's 8.8, .8, but it's still keep him in his prayers. He still has lots of challenges. William Sands, he had a uh, stroke this week. Uh, he was in the hospital for about a day, so he's home. He's resting. Uh, I don't know whether he's going to go into therapy or anything like that. They've kind of been quiet about that, but keep him in your prayers. Kathy Metz went in the hospital after a fall this week. She was very sore. Uh, the nurses came back in later in the week and said probably she ought to go back in there for observation, so I think she may be back in the hospital again. Leah Robinson, she has um, she's getting injections in her back to help relieve a lot of the pain she has in her back, and she bottomed out. They had to do uh, external heart massage to get her going again and like that, so keep her in your prayers as well. Uh, Mitzi Robinson, she's halfway through, I believe, the 12 chemo treatments in the second phase of her chemo treatments that she's going through. Um, she's pretty much confined to sit or lay down. She really can't stand, so she's pretty weak, and this is really wearing her down pretty bad. Lex Pierce, he's recovering from hip replacement this week. He's in, uh, he's in pain, but I guess he's on the men part of that, and he'll be going into therapy when he's ready to go. Thanks. Shall we stand for our closing song? Heavenly Father, hallowed be thy name. We pray that this worship has been acceptable and pleasing to you. Thankful for our health and our strength, the modes of transportation that we can come here together and worship as a body of Christ. We're thankful for our homes. We're thankful for the place that you've given us to live. We pray for heavenly wisdom so that everything that we say, do, and think will be pleasing to you. We want to remember those who are physically and mentally ill. June Caldwell, Ed Laughlin, 
Nancy Page, Brian Tagto, William Sands, Lex Pierce, Mitzi Robinson, Calvin Nobles, Maxine Ormiston, Linda Securo, Jean Caddy, Brenda Harris. Our Heavenly Father, we ask for forgiveness of our sins as we forgive others. We're thankful for Christ that through his death, burial, and resurrection we might have forgiveness of sins. We pray that one day I'd be with him in heaven with you for eternity. We're thankful for the Holy Spirit. It's comfort, guidance, direction, leadership it gives us in our lives. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.